This Quarter Life podcast acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hey everyone, this is episode 7 of this Quarter Life podcast. 7 episodes in already is crazy, but I hope you are loving it as much as I am. Today, we're going to be looking into 5-year plans. We've all got one, whether just in our mind or written down on a lovely looking vision board. But how often does your 5-year plan really come to fruition? That's why we're revisiting our 5-year plans today. Because my 20s have certainly not panned out the way I thought they would at 18. On top of all this five-year plan talk, we're going to chat about expectations because they often come hand in hand. We create a plan and set expectations on our life or we set expectations on our life and stick to those as much as possible that we try anything it takes to reach them. And what about other people's expectations? Yeah. They just add a whole other layer, don't they? Maybe that's influenced me going through a quarter life crisis, or maybe my quarter life crisis is pushing me to set a new five-year plan. Either way, let's get into today's episode and dive headfirst into these plans we're talking about. So when I was 18 years old and fresh out of high school, my five-year plan went a little bit like this. Meet my soulmate at uni, get my dream teaching job, buy a three-bedroom house with a big backyard, get a dog, of course, get engaged by 22, get married by 23, and then move straight on to having kids. None of those things happened by 23. None. And I am so glad. I didn't put too much pressure on achieving those plans, to be honest, because I knew I was young and had a lot of time ahead of me in my 20s. I mean, yes, I was so excited to fall in love and really commit to being a full adult, but instead I found new opportunities to travel a lot and just enjoy my youth. I traveled by myself, I traveled with friends and with family, I went out and partied and met some amazing people who are now some of my closest friends, and I really enjoyed that time in my life. But then I got to 23 and suddenly thought, okay, I'm actually getting into my 20s now, time to set a plan. So I did. My next five-year plan was meet my soulmate through a mutual friend or at a club or even at the supermarket, complete my master's degree to get my dream job, buy an apartment on my own, get a dog, again, of course, get engaged by 25, get married by 26, and pop out my first kid at 27. So what happened to that plan? Yeah, you guessed it. None of those things happened. I traveled some more, I lived my best life, I moved out of home and rented with two of my amazing friends. I did meet my soulmate though, but of course, that was through the modern method of online dating, not at the supermarket. And as you know, I got engaged at the start of this year, so we've had about a three-year delay on that one. But it's funny because when I turned 28, I didn't set a five-year plan. I just enjoyed living life and seeing what new opportunities would pop up and 
I experienced life with Kane and my friends and family and wanted to see where we all wanted to go and what we all wanted to do. And I actually think that uh, that huge, inconvenient global pandemic that completely ruined a lot of five-year plans has impacted our drive to plan ahead in general, because we really can't see into the future, can we? We really probably should stop setting those big expectations on our life milestones when we truly don't know what our future holds. So how can we actually create five-year plans that can help us and might actually work out? Setting expectations for ourselves and planning for our future can have a huge positive effect on our lives and our commitment to things as well. In an article by Masterclass, it has been suggested that five-year plans actually do have a number of benefits. These include clarity, control, motivation, and organization. We gain clarity in what is really possible, and we feel like we have control over our choices and actions to get us to where we want to go, which in turn reduces anxiety around uncertainty. We also feel motivated when we place steps to achieving goals in front of us. And finally, we feel more organized when we plan. When I do look back at my original five-year plan when I was 18, it's pretty clear that I was quite young and naive when it came to thinking about adulthood and just how expensive things actually are. I think that at that age, I honestly thought that I'd easily save up for a nice big house and I'd have a good car and I'd have a job that would pay for all of it. No worries. But wow, how different reality is. I think this is where the way we set some expectations for ourselves can be dangerous and end up leading to disappointment. I do feel the challenge of growing up, seeing my parents buy a family home when I was quite young and watching them get by okay but knowing that that is not the current reality for me. It can add a level of stress as I do want to provide a big enough home for my children when they come along and obviously have a big enough backyard for a dog, that's quite important, in a decent suburb as well. I reckon a lot of us at this age are feeling those pressures and we owe a big fat thank you to inflation for that. It is pretty ridiculous how different things are these days. But that's why we have to shift our expectations and not get lost in what should have been achieved by now. Now, one thing that I'm sure everyone has felt at some point, especially around this time in our mid to late 20s, is other people's expectations on what our lives should look like. I bet everyone's got that one family member who goes, when are you going to get a partner? Or... Oh, you two have been together for so long. When are you going to get married? Or, so now that you're married, you'll be having kids soon, right? Wow. Now, even though I've been speaking about those big milestones as things that I want in my life, I fully understand that that's not what everyone wants. Being in a relationship isn't for everyone. Getting married isn't for everyone. And having kids certainly isn't for everyone. But it gets really hard when you've got that constant voice or voices in your ear asking those same questions over and over. How do you respond to that? And then we have those people who question whether we are doing the right thing at the right time in our lives. For example, did you decide to go back to uni in your 20s or even want to in your 30s or 40s or 50s or whenever? And someone questions whether you should because you've got a mortgage now or you have kids or you've already settled down or you should be thinking about settling down about now. 
Or have you decided to quit your job and sell your house and everything you own and go traveling in a van or backpack overseas and had people say, but you're too old for that stuff. Or that's what you should have done before you bought a house. Well, to be honest, your life is none of those people's business. And I say, go and do whatever you want. Now, I do want to point out that when I said these things to my friends and family, I did not get any of that backlash. But I know that some people do receive this sort of feedback, as you would put it. But I do think that people say these things because they're scared. Because society puts pressure and expectations on everyone to follow a certain set of milestones in a certain order. Now, if you follow the typical way of life, that is awesome. And if you don't, that is also awesome. I guess what I'm trying to say is that in our modern world, there are so many opportunities that the traditional way of navigating through our 20s isn't followed by as many people anymore. And nowadays, there isn't really a typical way of going through life anyway. It makes it pretty cool and exciting, hey? So... I guess that opens up another can of worms about what success actually is and what it looks like to each of us. Because I think for most of us, we create five-year plans with the intention of becoming more successful or to experience success. For me, when I was younger, success looked like owning a home and having a job that paid enough money that meant I could go on fancy holidays every year. It was financial comfort because that's the impression I got from my parents. Although it really is starting to sound like success to me was winning the lotto. But what do you consider to be success? The most important thing to remember is that success looks different for everyone. It is something that only you can define for yourself. In an article by Soul Salt, it states that there are a few things you can unpack to determine your true meaning of success. They ask us to take a moment to concentrate and ask ourselves to picture what it looks like when you're performing at your best, you embody the characteristics you admire, and you have accomplished everything you wanted. Ultimately, we should picture our desired principles, habits, career path, relationships, and possessions. And this holistic image allows us to understand what we truly want out of life and what we see as being successful. The article does state that we should also take a moment to consider whether these things we've pictured in our minds align with our values and are based on our dreams, not somebody else's expectations. And think about whether we've already achieved some of the things we pictured and also think about which parts of the overall image are most important to us. Now, one side of success that I have focused on probably more recently in my life is moving upward in my career, getting promotions, getting a higher pay, moving into a bigger and better known organization, etc., etc. So when I decided to go back to uni and also accepted a position that was technically not as high up the ranks as what I was previously doing, I did feel quite ashamed and embarrassed to share that, and I'm not sure why. I have brushed over that in a previous episode, but I wanted to share it again because I think it definitely connects to what my idea of success was at the time. I also felt like that 
I had to reassure people that I was on the right path. And even though I was so excited that I'd found this new opportunity and everyone that I spoke to was on board and thrilled for me, I couldn't help but fear the idea that I wasn't succeeding fast enough. Now, one thing I definitely want to mention at this point is something really cool that I found in a book called How to Survive a Quarter Life Crisis recently. One chapter in this book is called 25 Most Disappointing Under 25s, and it shares all sorts of famous people who found their success well after their mid to late 20s, which is so good to remind us that we shouldn't feel like we need to prove ourselves to anyone by a certain age in our life. Some of my favorite points made in the chapter include Alan Rickman, who decided that at 18 years of age, he didn't want to go to drama school and he selected the more sensible option in his eyes, which was graphic design. Michael Jordan was actually cut from his high school basketball team. Walt Disney was fired from a newspaper company because he lacked imagination. And Oprah was let go from her first job as an anchor because she got too emotionally invested in the stories. So there you go. Even the people we see as being some of the most successful in their field didn't even fall into success immediately. We have time and we also have some failures to go through first. Now, my advice today for everyone who's thinking of setting a five-year plan comes from Masterclass, who have set some tips on how to create our own five-year plans. Firstly, list your values to ensure your goals and plan aligns with these. Next, consider your career. Where are you at currently and where do you want to go next? This is also really helpful in interviews because they typically do ask that question about where do you see yourself in five years? So having that answer prepared is going to be very helpful. Think about your personal life. Do you want to develop new skills? Do you want to enhance your health and fitness? Do you want to do something differently with your finances or living space? Next, set your goals with some achievable milestones. This is a crucial step to ensure you can actually achieve your five-year plan with some short-term goals. And finally, make an action plan. Do certain things need to happen before you can achieve certain goals? Do you need some development or help in some areas? Have a think about what is actually needed for each part of your five-year plan. Now, I would encourage everyone to go away after this episode and create your own five-year plan. Remember those key tips we just spoke about and really think about what you value most in this period of your life. All right, it's the moment you've all been waiting for this episode. I am releasing my new five-year plan. Now, I'm keeping in mind those things I looked into earlier this episode, so this new five-year plan will look vastly different to my plans in the past, I promise. What I've learned over the years is that my five-year plan really shouldn't revolve around the material things, and I shouldn't base my plan on what society expects of us all at a certain age, like owning a house or getting married and then having kids. I especially look back over the past 10 years and think, wow, I am so glad my plans never actually came to fruition because look at all the amazing experiences I have had instead. 
traveling, going back to study a couple of times, saying no to certain jobs, which has allowed me to say yes to some great ones. And those jobs have helped me grow so much and led me in a totally new direction that I never thought I wanted to go down. And now I've found someone amazing who I'm going to marry. I've said yes to some big opportunities. I've taken risks and I'm absolutely loving the now. So this time around, when I make my five-year plan, I'm going to focus more broadly on the things that are actually important to me and where I want to go in life. So in the next five years, I want to travel to five new places, whether that's interstate or international, Find a comfortable next home, which is a bit bigger than our current place. Start a family, whether that's with two-legged kitties or four-legged kitties. Move into a leadership role in my career and run a half marathon. Now, that last one is almost like a goal or part of a bucket list, but I've thrown it in there because I did want to focus on my health and fitness in my next five-year plan. Now, you can probably tell that my focus has shifted a lot with this plan compared to the one I made 10 years ago. These things that I've set do connect more to my values of family, my dream career, and as I said, my health. I have thought about the things I need to do to achieve these things, and I believe that each one is achievable. So let's see how we go. All right, everyone, it is time for today's quote. And the quote for today is is by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. But please bear with me because I promise I chose it for a reason. Today's quote is, think back five years ago. Think of where you're at today. Think ahead five years and what you want to accomplish. Be unstoppable. Now, yes, I'll admit it sounds pretty cheesy coming from a Hollywood actor, but the reason I chose this quote was to remind us to look back at what we have actually achieved in five years. Even if you haven't done anything drastic or made any big moves, you should still recognize that you have grown a lot and achieved so much. Well, everyone, that is all we have time for for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode seven. And we will be back for episode eight in a couple of weeks, which is actually going to be our final episode of the season. Now, in the meantime, be sure to connect with This Quarter Life Podcast's Instagram page at This Quarter Life Podcast and subscribe to the channel to never miss an episode. Until next time, everyone. Bye for now.